This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. This is the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, episode 104. It's our second birthday! Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host... He's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Oh yeah, that's right. It is the second birthday of the LGS podcast today. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Whether it's your first time ever hanging out with me, or if you are a regular listener, I really do appreciate it. And yes, today's episode is a very special episode, the two years of the LGS podcast. Now, of course, the website and our blog and all that stuff has been going on for much longer than that, but two years of the podcast. And you know, uh, two years ago when I first started the podcast, it was the guy that does tech on Learn Jazz Standards. His name is Justin Keller, lives out in San Francisco, California. He convinced me to do this podcast, and it's honestly one of the best things I have done. Not only do I enjoy doing it, I've been able to reach a lot of you a much better, and I hear from you on email all the time and other mediums telling me that you actually feel like you know who I am because I'm able to communicate with you this way. And even though I don't have the pleasure, the luxury of being able to uh, personally chat with um, thousands, tens of thousands of you, uh, I'm glad that I can at least do it this way and be of any help and service to you as I can. So it's a big day to celebrate. I'm super excited. And to do all of that, if you've been listening for the last month or so and the last couple episodes, you know that today I'm going to be featuring listeners like you on the show to give your jazz tips and advice all episode long. And man, what a treat today. We have a bunch of you on the show. I mean, we have a bunch of special guests and they're you guys, which means that it's the best guests that we can possibly have. And I personally just really love today's show. And I want to thank everybody who participated. You know, not everybody who sent in recordings um, is featured. And I've, I've emailed you. I'm going to reach out to all of you, making sure that you know that. And uh, But I really do appreciate you. It's just impossible to get everybody on the show. And I, I hope you understand that. Um, but I do appreciate everybody who did. And it's, uh, man, it's such a treat. And I was definitely not fishing for any compliments or anything like that. I just wanted to hear your guys' tips and advice. But a heartfelt thanks to everybody who uh, just said, a lot of really nice things about the show, and I just really appreciate it. It gives me lots of motivation and, uh, you know, gives me a lot of energy moving on to the next uh, years of this podcast just to keep moving forward and uh, doing what I'm doing, serving you guys with free jazz educational content. Okay, so one last thing before we jump into all of you guys sharing your tips and advice. This is the last chance to get involved in our raffle. Go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash raffle. Get a chance to win our jazz e-courses, our e-books, and even our jazz play-alongs. Uh, we're, I think there's going to be about 17 winners in the end. So if you want to get involved in that raffle by doing just simple tasks like liking uh, our Facebook page or uh, better yet, uh, giving a rating and a review of 
uh, our podcast on iTunes, stuff like this, then that's how you can get raffle entries. So join us there. Last chance, learnjazzstandards.com forward slash raffle. Okay, we got a lot of interviews to go through. So without further ado, let's get into today's show. Now, one of the things I love the most about all these submissions, and I already knew this about this podcast and about LearnJazzStandards.com, is that we have an international audience. People from all over the world are listening to the show. And not only that, all kinds of ages, too. We have younger people. We have older people. I mean, everybody is involved. And I was really happy to hear just so many different voices from all over the world sending in recordings. And I love that the most. And that speaks so much to what jazz music is. It is a music about expression. It is a diverse music. It is African-American music. And let's give a shout out to that because it is Black History Month, by the way, this month. And then the They have created this music that has now spread across the entire globe, and I just absolutely love that. That gets me all fired up and just completely excited. Um, So I'm really happy to say that we have a lot of different people from all over the world today, which is so exciting. Now, uh, also, before we jump into the first interview here... Keep note that everybody is just doing home recordings here. You're going to get some different varying qualities of sound, so be a little bit forgiving on that. Now, today's first guest, he is from Ontario, Canada. This is Jerry. Jerry, take it away. My name is uh, Jerry. I'm from London, Ontario, Canada, and I play uh, the guitar. I've been playing it for many decades, but I've only been uh, listening to the podcast and, uh, and playing jazz probably about five or six years. My favorite jazz musician is someone you're probably less familiar with, a Canadian uh, jazz guitarist, Ed Bickert, B-I-C-K-E-R-T. You should check him out because his voicings and his melodic uh, use of chords is really quite remarkable. He plays an old beat-up Telecaster, and it's worth uh, watching him on YouTube. What I'm working on at the moment um, is um, a bossa nova, and in particular wave, and trying to do a... um, a chord melody type of uh, arrangement for it. Um, top piece of jazz advice is that uh, it takes time, and uh, you know, going from simple chords—the uh, open G seventh to the bar G seventh—and eventually to G seven sharp five flat nine—takes some time to understand. But eventually, it all clicks in place, and all these extensions are really not that mysterious. If you uh, if you take the time to learn a little bit of theory behind it, my number one goal for this year is to greatly improve my improvisation. I know all about uh, targeting thirds and sevenths and scales and arpeggios, but when it comes time to play on the grandstand, um, a little bit of panic sets in, and and I have to control that. Uh, as an aside, I just want to let you know that I am uh, playing with the London, Ontario, jazz orchestra and therefore mostly playing rhythm. And when it comes to solo time, it's quite a gap to uh, to perform well. That's my goal for 2018, and I wish you all a great year. Jerry, thanks so much for contributing. I really appreciate it. I love Ed Bickert. He is a great guitar player. And yes, everybody should indeed check him out. And now listen, Jerry, everybody has this. Everybody gets nervous when they start to play. You know why? Jazz is a very vulnerable music. You are really putting yourself out there. And it's uh, it's it's tough. But, you know, keep working on it. I go through that, too. Everybody goes through it. doesn't matter what level you're at. So keep on plugging in there. And I'm so glad to hear that you're out there playing in the orchestra. And, uh, you know, I really do believe 
that you will uh, feel more comfortable soloing this year. It sounds like you're doing all the right things. So thanks again, Jerry. I really appreciate you contributing. All right, now our next guest is Anna Ruth from Berlin, Germany. And actually, when she sent in the recording, I recognized who she was because we she has emailed me multiple different times uh, about when she's visiting New York, what uh, rehearsal spaces she can have when she's on her off time so she can practice her piano, which I always have respected so much that while she's on her trips in New York, she's like wanting to get right in the practice room in her downtime. So without further ado, here is Anna Ruth. Hello, uh, Brent. Uh, this is Anna Ruth from uh, Berlin uh, in uh, Germany, and uh, I I wanted to um, participate in the uh, uh, listeners' um, participation on the show. So I'm from Berlin, Germany. My instrument is uh, the piano. I have listened to uh, your show for the past year and a half and find it of great um, help and encouragement. My favorite artists at the moment and have been for quite a while are Malgru Miller, the pianists Malgru Miller, and also David um, uh, Hazeltine. And I understand Hazeltine is much appreciated throughout America. Not so sure he's so well known in Europe. My number one goal for for this year is to start to improvise. Um, and to attend the uh, Berkeley College uh, uh, summer program in in Boston this this year. Uh, my piece of advice and and learning is uh, giving up is not an option, and approach it uh, approach jazz learning and jazz uh, practice from from all sides. And I find the um, the improv book that Brent put out. Uh, I think last summer of tremendous help and it is a key resource for me. Thank you very much for putting out the program and I enjoy the show tremendously. Bye-bye. Anna, thanks so much for contributing. I really appreciate it. And it's uh, good to hear you. And uh, she was actually talking about my ebook, Zero to Improv, zero to improv.com, if you want to check that out. And I'm so glad that's been helpful for you. Um, I really do uh, appreciate that you're taking the time to work through that book. And you're right. Giving up is not an option. <laughs> you know why? Because music is what we do, right? Music is what gives us joy, what gives us energy, what gives us life. And sure, maybe it's hard sometimes to improve. But the journey of the improvement is what the funnest part is. And so if we can have that attitude of, of, of playing music as a journey and not as the specific destination that we're trying to work towards, well, then music is always going to be fun. It's always going to give us energy and it's always going to bring us life. So Anna, thanks so much for contributing your thoughts. All right, our next guest is Pedro from San Paulo, Brazil. And Pedro, just forgive me, I've, I've had to edit yours a little bit. It was a little bit longer, so I've edited a bit. But I do want to say that Pedro mentioned that one of the musicians he's listening a lot to lately is guitarist Mike Moreno, who lives out here in New York. Okay, Pedro, take it away. Hello, Brent. Hello, people from Learn Just Standards. Hello, Learn Just Standards listeners. Um, my name is Pedro. I'm from Brazil. I live in Sao Paulo, and I play the guitar. I've been listening to the podcast, well, not for very long. I must say it's been about a month or maybe a month and a half, and I've been listening a lot to the to the previous podcasts, you know, so trying to get as much information as I can. I'm currently working on a few standards that I'm going to record 
for applying to the City College of New York. You see, I live in Sao Paulo and I want to study jazz in the USA. So I'm applying to the university and I'm working on a few standards that I have to play and record for them in order to apply to the university. A piece of advice that I can that I'm sure that will help many people is don't listen only to jazz music just because you think it's for some reason the best music in the world. I think it's it is one of the best musics in the world, but you have to listen to other stuff that will have you as much as inspired as jazz music does. I'm from Brazil, so I listen to a lot of Brazilian music, which is not only Bossa Nova, but also Bayão, Maracatu, these styles of music that have so many rich melodies and rich rhythms and harmonies that are so, so brilliant. And it has a lot to do with jazz playing, even though it's not exactly a i don't know how how do i say this it's not a music that relates to jazz directly but it is music it is great music and it has so much stuff to learn and to be inspired by so i would say listen to a lot of java and other composers from brazil that will have you inspired for sure. Especially Chorinho, because he has a lot of lines and melodies that fit somehow into the jazz style of music. Pedro, thanks again so much for contributing your thoughts. I really do appreciate it. And you know what? The City College of New York is my alma mater. So best of luck trying to get into the school. I know you will succeed and uh, keep up that practicing. Uh, It's a great school. When I was there, I was studying under John Patitucci and a lot of other great musicians. And there's still great musicians there like Steve Wilson, among others. So definitely, uh, you know, great, great choice. And I know you're going to do great. Now, I couldn't agree more with you with what you have to say about listening to all kinds of different music. You know, there's nothing worse than a jazz snob, someone who looks down on other styles of music. You know, it's okay if you like jazz and that's your favorite music, but you know what? There's so much we can learn from music from all over the world, and there's different kinds of music, different styles of music that can teach you just as much as jazz can or can enlighten you in different ways. So I totally agree with that, and I love Brazilian music, and thanks for giving me some pointers personally on some stuff I should be listening to more of. So yes, indeed, you know, jazz is not the end-all, be-of-all music. Of course not. We got to be listening to all kinds of music, and if we are truly musicians who want to uh, learn and continue to grow, we should be listening to a lot of different styles of music, regardless of personal preferences. All right, our next guest is Rebecca from London in the UK. Rebecca, take it away. Hello, my name is Rebecca. Uh, I am from London uh, in the UK, and I am a pianist. I've been listening to the Learn Jazz Standard podcast probably for only about four or five months, so I'm relatively new to it. Um, In the practice room right now, well, I'm a classically trained pianist. I've been playing all my life, which um, means I've been playing for over 40 years now. Um, And I teach piano as well um, to adults and children um, from a beginner to a sort of intermediate level in the main. Um, I've only recently started exploring jazz piano 
in much more depth. Um, so I actually consider myself to be a beginner jazz musician, even though I've been playing classical piano for all of my life. Um, so in the practice room right now, I am, I've just kind of been working on the standard autumn leaves. Um, just kind of finished that now. I actually transcribed the um, piano solo from the Eva Cassidy um, track. Uh, that was my first ever attempt at transcribing a solo by ear. Um, so I was quite proud of myself for achieving that. Um, and I'm actually going to start working on a new standard fairly soon. So I just need to pick a new standard. But I was very much inspired by the podcast in terms of that approach. Um, in terms of any advice, I don't really consider myself able to give advice because I'm so new, other than I suppose my only advice would be to people in a similar situation from me, i.e. those people who are classically trained musicians and are looking to explore jazz. And my big tip would be put the music away because it is really easy for us classically trained musicians who are very, very tied to notation, um, probably reasonable sight readers, to be able to uh, pick up a piece of music Music written in jazz style and work out how to play that. Um, playing by ear and improvising are, I find, completely different skills, which is why I consider myself a beginner um, in jazz. Um, it took me a long time to transcribe the Eva Cassidy solo, even though it's not terribly difficult, um, but it did open up a whole new kind of area for me. So that's my only advice. But as I said, that's really only to other classically trained musicians. Um, I certainly am not in a position to give any advice to more experienced jazz musicians. Um, and my number one goal for playing this year is just to do more of the same. Um, so I can sit down at the piano without any music in front of me and have a collection of not just jazz standards, but a few pieces that I can play. Um, it's really just to get away from the, the notation. I've, I've been doing that all my life. I'm comfortable with that. I can, I can read and play a piece of written music. Um, I want to be able to sit at a piano anywhere, anytime and have a few things that I can play. So that would be my goal. So, uh, thank you for the podcast. I get, I'm getting a lot out of it. It's great. And um, I will um, well, see you soon, but I'll carry on listening. <laughs> well, thanks, Rebecca. I appreciate you listening. And thanks so much for your submission. And you know what? I don't know. I, I actually think you just gave a lot of really amazing advice to everybody. And one of the things that I think is most valuable about these specific uh, entries, these you being a guest on the show, is that you're in the thick of it and you are, uh, you're doing it. And there's someone else who can totally resonate with what you're talking about. And it's definitely not just a classical musician problem. A lot of musicians, um, I know this is a big topic because uh, I have all the data I get on Learn Jazz Standards is that a lot of people struggle with getting their face out of the page. And it's true, jazz music is an orally learned music, and it is best when we're improvising to stay away from music as much as possible. It's not a terrible thing to use music or to help that to help you learn stuff, but it's best when it's done orally. And I want to congratulate you so much for uh, diving in there, learning some jazz standards, and really working on that Eva Cassidy solo, because I think learning solos by ear is one of the best practices you can do. So so congratulations. That is awesome stuff. And keep on pressing on. And thank you so much for your advice. All right. Our next guest on the show is Aiden from Shreveport, Louisiana. All right. Let's hear what he has to say. Hello, the LJS podcast. My name is Aiden Fitzgerald. I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. I actually play six instruments, guitar, bass, piano, drums, violin and trumpet and as well as sing 
I primarily play trumpet and sing for jazz. Uh, I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, and it's been an amazing resource for my musicianship. I look forward to listening to it every week. My uh, favorite jazz artist and album, uh, there's so many, but I've been listening to a lot of uh, Wayne Shorter, specifically his album Speak No Evil. If you haven't heard it, I highly recommend you go check that one out. I've been working a lot on learning tunes. At the time of this recording, I was working on uh, East of the Sun and West of the Moon. I'm also working on a lot of ear training, trying to get my ear better at hearing the chord progressions by ear, as well as not needing the chord chart or sheet music when I'm playing. I'm also working on solidifying my upper register on the trumpet around like high C and higher, really getting those notes accurate and really getting better at that. If I had to give a piece of advice, I would say listening is a huge part of jazz. It's key. Always listening, whether in a live situation or just always having your ears open is crucial. Um, I do actually, there's, if you don't know this, there's the Herbie Hancock Masterclass. And there was this interesting part of the class that stuck out to me in that he said, don't cut yourself off from any one source of inspiration. And he was speaking in the sense that just because you're a jazz musician, you don't have to always listen to jazz. And in fact, don't look down or cut yourself off from all those other genres. It could be a great source of inspiration. And even had this web page where they had all these genres listed out in this web kind of thing. And you'd click on the genre and it would give you kind of a taste or a sample of what that genre sounds like. And it was just a great way to see that there's so many different styles of music and art that it can, and to cut yourself off from anyone could be cutting off a source of inspiration. So I highly recommend to never cut yourself off from any one source of inspiration or music could be highly highly helpful and creative for you my uh number one goal for for me my uh my new year's resolution was actually to learn a new jazz standard if not every week every other week or as much as i can as well as helping my ear and actually getting more gigs trying to gig more and get out and play more at jam sessions as much as I can this year. I uh, I want to thank Mr. Vardstra for the amazing resource that the Learn Jazz Standards website has been with all its free amazing resources, the articles, of course the paid and amazing resources that are worth every penny. I uh, And of course this amazing and wonderful podcast that I look forward to every week and hope to keep hearing and I want to thank you, Mr. Archer, for everything you've done. Well, Aiden, thanks so much for your submission. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I've never been called Mr. Varchter before, but I, I think I kind of like it. So <laughs> thanks for that. And uh, yes, Wayne Shorter. Amazing. You should be listening to Wayne Shorter. Everybody should be. Speak No Evil is a great album. I 
definitely used to cut my teeth on that one quite a bit. Um, and I, we definitely have a theme going on here. You know, listen to all kinds of music. Uh, I love that. Never don't cut yourself off from any one source of inspiration. That's uh, really valuable advice. And uh, I think you have some great goals for 2018. And uh, and again, thank you so much for the kind words on the podcast on uh, Learn Jazz Standards. I do appreciate it so much. So thanks, Aiden, again for submitting. All right, our next guest is Camila from Colombia. Here she is. Hi, everybody. My name is Camila, and I'm from Medellin, Colombia. Greetings from here. I play the electric guitar, and I've been listening to the podcast almost one year ago. I have one favorite jazz musician, but uh, one of my favorite jazz albums is um, Undercurrent by Jim Hall and Bill Evans. Right now, I've been working in my practice room uh, besides of the scales and our pages and all that stuff. I've been working about melody structure because uh, in my case, I tend to forget sometimes that um, behind all of that theory and concepts about jazz and musical in general, uh, one of the most important thing is melody and it's obvious, right? <laughs> but uh, with the tons of material and information, melody becomes something in the second stage, and it it's not that it is it shouldn't be like that. So I've been working about that. I would like to share a story about my country, and it is that jazz is practically something new here it doesn't have a lot of years comparing to the US history but anyway in but fortunately we we have we have a lot of great masters uh, for example Antonio Arnedo or Edmar Edmar Castañeda they are very inspired figures in uh, in our country and inspires to keep moving forward in this gender. One of the consequences about this is that we need to still work harder about culture because as Brandt used to say, jazz isn't just something about playing, it is beyond that. And if we understand that it is the idiom and it is a way of communicate uh, stories or feelings or whatever and and then we can understand that it is a way of sharing so we we can um, we can uh, together build a real uh, jazz culture because sometimes for example if we are in a jam session, it becomes just a backing track and everyone is playing just for them and not for the group itself. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it's it's something that we must work harder. 
Camila, thanks so much for sharing and for submitting. I really appreciate it. And uh, forgive me, I did have to edit yours down a little bit to make it a bit shorter. But Camila did say that one of her big goals for 2018 is to compose and release more of her music. And man, I can totally relate with you on that one, Camila. And thank you so much for all the advice that you just shared. And keep up the great work and the great practicing you're doing. And you're totally right. Jazz is a communal thing. It is a community thing. So it's not all about you when you're out there playing with other musicians. It's it's really more about everybody else and sounding good with each other and building each other up to sound great. I think that's one of the great, beautiful things about jazz music and about a lot of other kinds of music as well, not just jazz. So thanks so much. I think everything you said was just completely golden. All right. Our next guest up to bat is Christopher from San Antonio, Texas. Take it away, Christopher. My name is Christopher Soriano. I'm from San Antonio, Texas. I play guitar, fretted and fretless. Uh, I've been listening to the podcast for, I want to say, about eight months. Um, my favorite jazz musicians, I would say, is um, Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Wes Montgomery, Django, and Joe Pass. Um, right now, I'm working on the uh, movable seventh chord shapes. Also working on um, the A-sharp major scale, which is the common C major scale. But since I am in a D standard tuning, um, it does make me work a little bit harder to actually memorize those notes. Um, my advice would be don't get discouraged. Even when things get extremely difficult, remember nothing is impossible. And my jazz goal this year is to learn chapter two of my jazz guitar chord dictionary, which is dominant seventh chords with alterations. All right, Christopher, thanks so much for contributing. Lots of uh, guitar guys out here today, and I really appreciate that. And uh, keep up those that work You know, as a guitar player as well. I can re- resonate with the technical difficulties of navigating the instrument. Every instrument has its own technical challenges, um, but I certainly can resonate with you on that. Keep up the great work, and yes, indeed, I love what you said there. It gets tough, but remember that nothing is impossible. I love that attitude. That's so great. All right, our next guest is representing from the land down under. It's Simon from Sydney, Australia. Take it away, Simon. Hey, Brent. It's Simon here from Sydney, Australia. I play tenor saxophone, and I've been listening to your podcast for about six to eight months and enjoying every minute of it, so thanks very much. My favorite uh, musician, no surprise, would be a tenor saxophone player, Stan Getz. But my favorite album is by Sonny Rollins, another tenor saxophone player. The bridge, and I like the bridge because it comes in movements, I feel, and um, I enjoy it a bit like listening to a symphony, having those movements. So, um, yeah, the bridge is my favourite from Sonny Rollins. Uh, right now I'm practising augmented and diminished sounds as well as fourth. I'm a reasonable saxophone player. hate to say, reasonable. Um, trying to learn the chord tones, backwards and forwards, one, three, five, and seven, and backwards again and using a structured way to play sequences um, over places like the two fives and two five ones where I can be a bit more experimental outside the tonality. Um, yeah, and that sort of gives it a bit of flavour to the, um, the solo, more so than just sticking to the majors and minors. That's how I feel at the moment anyway. My um, um, attitude changes continuously as you improve, uh, but at the moment it's, it's uh, augmented, diminished to add flavour. Jazz advice, and I'll leave it to you guys. You, you, you guys on your website have fantastic professionals on. Um, but my success story would be that I was able to play in Korea. I had an all-expenses trip paid for with the band I joined. Um, 
we went to South Korea, wonderful country and people. And uh, I just always remember I was sitting in a hotel room after um, playing at this festival. It was nighttime, lying on the bed, looking over and seeing my saxophone on the corner in the corner of the room there, and thinking that thing got me all the way to Korea to play music. And um, um, that's a wonderful thing. And that's, that was a while ago now, and uh, well, five or six years ago. And uh, um, just shows you. I went and did a course, found some band members to play with, and we ended up in Korea. Uh, a few years later. So that was fantastic. All right, Simon, thanks so much for contributing. I really appreciate everything that you shared, and I definitely can resonate with you on Stan Getz. I love Stan Getz. You know, one of my favorite Stan Getz albums, believe it or not, is uh, I think it was one of his last ones that he recorded, and it was a duo album with Kenny Barron, the pianist Kenny Barron, called People Time. And uh, I like learned, I think I learned a big chunk of his solo on East of the Sun, West of the Moon. That was a long time ago. But anyways, love Stan Getz. And yes, I also, The Bridge is also one of my favorite albums. I mean, you just really can't get any better than that. The Bridge by Sonny Rollins. Um, So yes, check that out, everybody, if you haven't checked those out before. And uh, I love your story about how you, you know, you were laying in your hotel room bed, you looked over at your saxophone, you're like, wow, that thing got me all the way over here. And, you know, I, I definitely certainly done the same thing i've looked over at my guitar and been like wow you know who would have thought that this guitar could bring me to where i am now in my career and doing what i do now and so it's a beautiful thing it's a wonderful magical thing and so anybody listening right now you know if you're uh if you're working hard on music you know you never know where it could take you it it might uh take you to another country to play music it could uh you know do something small like supplement your income or it could be a full-time living you never know what's going to happen but simon's story is a great example of uh of that kind of success so thank you simon for contributing our next guest is Olivia near Paris in France. Here's what she has to say. Hello, my name is Olivia Chazal. I am a French piano player living near Paris. First of all, I want to to point out that I have no idea what I'm going to say. Um, I'm, I'm improvising like we all do whenever we play jazz on our instruments. I want to Keep on saying thank you for sharing all this knowledge and all uh, these advice with us, mainly for free. My favorite jazz musician, uh, as I'm reading, I'm supposed to tell you this, is, um, I would say, Thelonious uh, Monk, the, 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 the T, because um, I had a feeling even before I started uh, studying harmony, that uh, his harmonies were very powerful. Um, I had no clue why, and I still don't really understand everything, of course, but uh, whenever you listen to him, you feel that his way of playing and, and that the, the harmony procession, and I'm not sure whether this word is accurate in English, um, are very uh, surprising, and this is... This is something great whenever you're listening to music. You like being surprised in a good way. Um, the top piece of jazz advice I could give um, that I think might help you from my uh, beginner's point of view is it is really important to set um, uh, precise goals whenever you're starting to work. 
And it is also really important to be able to work alone, of course. So my advice would be um, to, if if you're starting to, to play jazz, you should be sure um, of what your aim is. So you should really think of your goal and set uh, smaller goals to achieve it. And in order to do this, I would advise that you enjoy what you're doing and listen to a lot of a lot of music as much as possible. So my number one goal for me this year, um, yeah, would be to be practicing all the time. So um, finishing my PhD in order to be able to to play all the time, as I said, and improve um, on my self-confidence, maybe. And um, the main goal would be to be able to play uh, in a concert, to play live with, with people on a, on a jam session, for example. This would be my main goal this year. Hey, Olivia, thank you so much for contributing, and I love Thelonious Monk as well. I couldn't agree more with everything you said. Yes, indeed, setting goals for your playing is really important, and I, I've definitely talked a lot about this on the podcast, and how it could just be a game-changing thing if you know what your aim is when you're going into the practice room, and so I wish you all the best of luck on all of your goals uh, for this upcoming year and your musicianship, and uh, just for your contribution. Thank you. Now, next up is Michael from Chicago, Illinois. Go for it, Michael. My name is Michael Crane. I am from Chicago, Illinois. I am a bass player. I play the upright bass and electric bass. I've been listening to the podcast for about nine months. Uh, favorite jazz musician or album? That's tough. Uh, you know, it changes a lot, but. Uh, Right now, I really like the Ben Webster meets Oscar Peterson record um, and have been transcribing some of that, some of Ray Brown's bass work on there. Uh, in addition to the transcribing I'm doing, I also take what I've transcribed and break it down into smaller uh, chunks. So I'll transcribe let's say a chorus of a tune and then break down the two five patterns and practice those and isolate those and just try to really ingrain them. So when I go to play, you know, another tune that would have those sequences in them, I have that vocabulary uh, and, and am hearing that. So that's a lot of what I've been doing the last year, but I've also, you know, have a, a warm up routine where I just run through like, you know, whole tone scales, arpeggios, uh, diminished scales, uh, uh, you know, stuff that I'm a little weaker on. Uh, um, in terms of advice, uh, well, you know, one thing is uh, for me is ear training. Um, I've enrolled in the uh, ear training course here on the site um, and have been working with that, but also just transcribing and really singing and trying to ingrain the uh, 
the material that I transcribe into my ear. Uh, this is something that I didn't start doing when I p- started playing jazz. I started really just reading books and, uh, you know, when trying to learn tunes, would learn them from a fake book. Uh, th- that's all well and good in moderation, but I really <laughs> ignored the ear aspect of it and ran into some significant roadblocks as I, you know, tried to play jazz with other people. Uh, so my number one piece of advice is really to always incorporate some sort of ear uh, training with what you're doing. So hope that's helpful. Really enjoy the site. Enjoy the ear training course that's offered here and uh, have a good day. Hey, Michael, thanks so much for contributing. And it's really great to hear your practice routine and what you're doing in the practice room, which sounds like all incredibly great stuff. And I think everybody listening today uh, could take Michael's practice routine, you know, transcribing solos, learning tunes, and uh, of course, you know, doing a little bit of technique on, on his instrument because that's important too. And you could take that and adopt that for yourself. Now, Michael, I did edit yours down a bit because it was a little long and that's totally fine. But uh, Michael did say that one of his big goals is to start playing with more musicians this year. And I think that's an awesome, excellent goal as well. And also, uh, Michael, glad you're getting a lot out of the ear training course. For those listening, it's How to Play What You Hear is the name of the course at howtoplaywhatyouhear.com if you want to know what he's talking about. So once again, thank you, Michael, and I wish you all the best of luck this year in your musicianship. All right, next up is Grant all the way in San Francisco, California. By the way, I was just over there visiting um, the guy that does the tech for Learn Jazz Standards, Justin. And uh, man, I love San Francisco. It's a great city. So here is Grant. Hi, my name's Grant. I'm from San Francisco, California. I play guitar. And I've been listening to this podcast for about six months now. And my favorite jazz musician is Bill Evans, and the album that I'm really into now is Explorations. So what I'm working on right now in the practice room is going through David Berkman's um, book, Creative, um, uh, A Guide to Creative Practicing for the Jazz Musician, and it, it's phenomenal. Uh, I, I realized how not, uh, not solid my uh, fundamentals and chromaticism were so I've really been working on that and um, I guess a, a top piece of jazz advice um, w- would be to c- compose a lot like um, I I do lots of big band arranging and uh, composition and I find that it really influences my playing to um, to really dig into my mind rather than just kind of playing what's on the top of it uh, I can get those deeper thoughts um, out of me, uh, methodically thinking about what I play. And um, my number one goal for jazz playing this year um, is really solidifying all of my knowledge, really getting it all together, um, so that I can recall like the um, whatever um, skills that I really value, and um, and I'd like to hone in on those so I can really uh, tighten everything up. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks for your submission, Grant. Really appreciate it. And I totally agree with you. Composing is a great thing to do if you ever want to solidify the knowledge that you have. And, uh, you know, one thing that I like to do, and I always tell my students to do, uh, is to compose your own solos, you know, because improvisation, it's kind of like 
composition sped up. That's what they like to say, right? Well, so why don't you practice composition in order to get better at improvising, to solidify the language that you know? And I can resonate with that, you know, because I write a lot of books. I've written some books for the company, uh, the music publication company, Hal Leonard. And of course, I publish ebooks on Learn Jazz Standards. And every time I do that stuff, it really helps me solidify further what I know how to do. It's always been a great practice. So I totally agree. Composing, whether it's arranging for big band, like you mentioned, whether it's composing your own original material, or whether it's composing educational materials can be incredibly helpful for your musicianship. So best of luck, Grant, and everything that you're trying to accomplish this year. All right, these are all the ones we have time for for today. I wish we could do more, but we have to cap it off somewhere. I want to thank again everybody who contributed, whether yours was featured on today's show or not. I really do appreciate you contributing for this special birthday episode and uh, looking forward to having more of these kinds of episodes in the future. All right, that's all for today's show. I want to thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I really enjoyed today's episode. I want to give one more thank you to everybody who contributed. And I just, uh, it's just really great to hear, especially all the kind remarks that you guys gave about the podcast. It gives me so much energy and inspiration for many more years of this podcast. And I'm just so excited to serve you guys. You guys are the ones that keep this, things going, this thing going and uh, keep me excited about this. Remember, this is the last chance to get involved in our raffle. Go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash raffle and if you're listening to this show in the future and the raffle is closed you can still help us out by going to itunes your favorite podcast listening service and leaving a kind rating and review all right well next month we are starting in our next episode jazz standards month that's right we're calling it jazz standards month every once in a while i like doing themes for this podcast and we're going to be really focusing in on jazz standards learning them and digging deep into them to understand the lessons that they have to teach us so please join us for our next episode 105 and i'll see you back then but last but last not least happy birthday lgs podcast Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.